looking forward to that time. My goodness, I just love to tell the devil that he's going to be bound a thousand years because he don't have nobody to work in. There's not going to be any temptation for the bride. My goodness, we're just going to have a glorious time in perfect peace, in perfect harmony. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's sure good to see all those on the Zoom tonight. We're waving at you too, Brother John, Brother Timothy, and all of you, Brother Jeremy, Sister Patty, different ones. We're just sure glad to see you. It sure helps to see a familiar face out in the congregation. <laughs> Amen. God bless you richly. And everyone that has connected with us tonight, God bless you all so much. It's Jesus on the inside, working towards the outside. What a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, working toward the outside, making a difference in my life. Oh, and it's Jesus on the inside, working toward the outside, making a difference in my life.
Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Sister uh, Eleanor Drake wrote in a prayer request here about two or three weeks ago for her brother Bob Anderson. And at that time, they were, he's got lung cancer, but they can't do chemo because of his heart issues. So they were going to try and put some stints in. Well, they found out today that his heart is too damaged. They can't do any work on it. So basically, Bob Anderson has hit the end of the road as far as the medical field is concerned. Brother Richard called me on behalf of the family and um, Sister Eleanor is holding on for her brother and we want to hold on with her tonight. Um, Brother Richard said that Bob is kind of cool towards religion and doesn't really um, acknowledge anything. But we just want to pray tonight that God will awaken something in his heart and that God will do something in his life. And we want to believe along with Sister Eleanor. Many of us have loved ones that, that we're praying for. And so we just want to gather our faith together tonight and and uh, believe with our sister that God will do something. You know, I was thinking, Abraham, he had to stand upon the word of God that, that um, God gave him. And he had to follow the leading of the Lord. And he had to separate from all his family. He even had to separate from his nephew. And uh, Lot went down into Sodom. But when God came to Abraham and told him that Sodom was going to burn, Abraham intervened for Lot. And God sent angels down. And they physically dragged Lot out of Sodom because of Abraham's prayer. So all things are possible with God. We don't know where people are in the economy of God, but we believe that God is faithful. Amen. So let's sing this tonight before we go to prayer. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, you are more than enough for me. together. 
Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for your presence with us, Lord. That you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that you fail not, O God. Lord, we know that we are never alone when we have you for a friend. You are more faithful and more than a friend, even than a brother is a friend, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, God. And you've been so faithful unto us, Lord God. You come to us, Lord. You came to us. Lord, when we couldn't come to you, Father, you took away the chasm. Lord, and you made it a plain way for us through the blood of Jesus Christ to enter into your presence, Father. To be one with you, O God. To be united with you by the word, Lord. By the anointing of your Holy Spirit, Father. And you called your bride out in this end time by this message, Lord. Oh, the quickening power of your Holy Spirit. Vindicating your word. Oh, God, calling out your bride. We are a product of that spoken word tonight, Father. It is burning in our hearts, Lord. Burning in our souls, Father. Satan can do what he may, Lord God. He can shut us down. He can lock us down. He can make us sick. He can do what he may, but he cannot take away this treasure that we have in our hearts, Father. Oh, and it comes from you, God. The very seed gene attribute of Almighty God that has been quickened in our souls, Father. That comes directly from you, Father. Oh, God, how we thank you for the anchor that holds. Though the ship may be battered tonight, Father, but the anchor holds in the Christ Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time together. Thank you that we can join together by way of internet, Father. And I pray, oh God, that every household, every person, Father, that has joined us might be on the archives, Lord, might be on the other side of the world, oh God. But Lord God, may your presence drop down in their midst, Father. And Lord, may the word of God that comes forth across this desk tonight supply every need, Father. Grant it, O God, we pray. Anoint our brother Tim, Lord. Tonight, Father, we have a request, a prayer request from Sister Eleanor Drake and the Drake family, Lord. For Sister Eleanor's brother, Father. Lord, it's her beloved brother, and she's concerned for him, Father. And we pray tonight, O God, that you would touch him, Lord. That you would awaken him, Father. Awaken a desire for you in his heart, Lord. Father, that you would just be merciful unto him, Father. The doctors have come to the end of their ability, Lord. But you are the great physician, Father. We commit this need into your hands, Lord, and into your care, Lord. For you are the great provider, Lord. You are the healer, Father. And by your stripes we are already healed, O God. We pray that will become a realization in this man's life tonight, Father. Grant it, Lord. We commit it unto you, Father. And we commit every exercise tonight, Lord God. Every effort, Father, into your hands tonight, Lord Jesus, we pray. Have your way, God, we ask in Jesus Christ's name. 
Amen. We have a special tonight. I'm going to ask our sister Natasha Hoyer and sister Brianna Dingwall if they'd come up and prepare to sing. Maybe we can sing that chorus while they come, the same God. The same God who spoke to the woman Desperate cries in the middle of the night Weary from the same old fight Shattered pieces all around Oh God, please hear me Bye. 
Praise God. Wonderful song. I just really appreciate that tonight. Just something about Jesus. Amen. Just like to sing that as Brother Tim would come. There's something about that name. Jesus. Everything we have need of is found in Jesus. Our blessed Savior, our precious Redeemer, our Healer, our Deliverer. Oh, everything. Oh, my. Jesus, Jesus. We'll just invite our brother Tim to come as we sing this tonight. Just worship him. Give him praise. Jesus, Jesus. heaven and earth is named Jesus that name above every name 
before whom we bow this evening in all humility and reverence. Lord, we don't have any authority of our own. We don't stand here on the basis of a position. We don't stand here on the basis of experience. We stand here, Lord, on the basis of your eternal word. And Jesus is the word of God. And Lord, we are coming this evening accepting that word as our absolute, claiming the promises of your word, accepting, O oh Lord, the infallibility of the word of God. And Lord, we invite you to come not just here, but also, Lord, out over the internet. Lord, as has already been said, people are not gathered here, but we are gathered together. There is one provided place of worship. It's not Cloverdale Bible Way. It's not some other church. Lord, it's in the name of Jesus Christ. And we have come together in your name tonight. We ask, therefore, Lord, as we're in your name, that you'll just touch our lives with your word tonight. Inspire our faith, Lord. Anoint our faith. Pour in your word because faith comes by hearing the word. I pray also for this relative of Sister Eleanor. Lord, may you just sovereignly, oh God, move upon his life. Father, I was reminded while they were praying for him. I was reminded of Don McGowan. Recently, Sister Dorothy just passed away. But Lord, there was a man that wanted nothing to do with you. Lord, he didn't believe in you. He didn't uh, believe your word. But Lord, you came by his way on his deathbed. And you gloriously converted him. And we ask the same thing for Sister Eleanor's brother. Lord, may she be encouraged, O oh God. I ask, Lord, you bless that situation. And Lord, if there, for every need, Lord, there might be a hand raised. There might be someone that's maybe holding their hand over their heart tonight saying, Lord, you know my need. We pray you'll go by that way tonight. Oh, Lord, you are wonderful in mercy wonderful in grace we commit ourselves to you now ask lord your blessing upon the reading of the word and the speaking of it in jesus christ's name amen amen good to be together with you tonight if you're standing together or sitting uh that's fine we'll, we'll be reading the, uh, the word of god and uh, in honor to the word if you're at home and you want to stand that would be perfectly in order thank you musicians Thank you for your service tonight. Brother Orn, good to see you again. God bless you. And uh, good to have each and every one here. We'll turn to Revelation chapter 5. Uh, Revelation chapter 5 this evening. Um, last week I spoke on the earthen vessel as a subject to behold the Lamb. And I, I'm going to actually take that title tonight, Beholding the Lamb. And, uh, and so I just have been unable to get it off my mind all week. Matter of fact, today, yesterday and today, I prepared to go on a different subject until about just a few hours before the service. It seemed like I just couldn't await, get away from this. So we trust that the Lord will bless it tonight. Revelation chapter five and verse five. And one of the elders said unto me, weep not, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb 
as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Amen. The Lord add His blessing to the Word. You may be seated. Amen. So we, those of you that are streaming, uh, we welcome you. Uh, and those of you that are on what's called a Zoom call, uh, the local assembly has access to that, and so that they're able to uh, be there like a congregation to the preacher. And so I greet you all that I can see. It's nice to see my family there, the Revises there in uh, uh, Linden and different ones. God bless you. Welcome. We're glad to have you here. I'm glad to have you here. And uh, so you'll forgive me if I just take a moment just to get going, but uh, there is nobody in the congregation save for one or two people. We got a couple of camera people and uh, a couple of sound people up there. God bless you. And that's it. So we praise God that the Lord's here and the Lord's there in every home. And, and we're very thankful for that. Now, as we look at the thought of the lamb beholding the lamb tonight and and been thinking on him every day and been thinking about the lamb and all that that meant and how God used the lamb and in the expression of his redemptive purpose and realizing that God doesn't do anything by chance. Everything that God does has a purpose and every animal that he chooses for sacrifice has a purpose and every uh, aspect that God is declaring himself, there's something to be seen in every part. We find God using the subject of the lamb or the, the person of the lamb or I could say the characteristics of the lamb all the way from the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation chapter 22. So this nature of a lamb is an expression that, that Jehovah God is expressing himself in this nature. Now, in the message influence in 1963, Brother Branham picks up a thought here as he's just introducing his subject in New York there. And he says, if you want your example to lay aside your pattern to see what the scripture goes together with, he says, just lay Jesus over here and go to watching him. Amen. And place it in the Bible. He says, you get the whole thing come out right because it, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, now we're privileged in this hour because when we preach, we realize the, the vast majority of those to whom we're preaching to are message believers. And so they understand what it means to for God to send a prophet. They understand what Malachi 4 stands for. They understand what Revelation 5 stands for, what Revelation 10 stands for. When we say seven church ages, when we say seven messengers, all of these things, uh, we, we often take for granted that, you know, these are statements that we make that, that just uh, are, are quickening to us in that they already mean something to us. But as Brother Branham's ministering in different places, many of these places, and many of these people, I, I could say probably the majority of these people, especially uh, uh, in places like New York or different places, he's, these people are not necessarily understanding the opening of the word. 
They're not understanding what it is that God sent a prophet or, or they're not understanding these things. So Brother Branham has to introduce the basics of the word to them. And, and many times he would preach in places where fanaticism would lead the people one way or would lead the people another way. And, and they would have their denominational ideas or they would have their traditions or they would have their, their man-made thoughts. But we're so blessed to have the message of the hour. We're so blessed to partake of the truth of God's Word as it has been anointed for our day. And I trust that we see ourselves in that blessed position. You are blessed. You are honored by God. It's not, you're not blessed to hear me. You're blessed to have a message. You're blessed to see the truth. Blessed are your eyes for they see and blessed are your ears for they hear. It's something that God has made specifically for you. Not just for anybody, but for you in particular. And Brother Branham goes on here, he says, he says, lay Jesus over here and go to watching him and place it in the Bible. You got the whole thing come out right because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, the New Testament and Old both all speak of Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, because he is this book of redemption. He was the Word, and He is the Word, and that's bound to be Him, you see. So this is the whole book of redemption, which is Jesus Christ fitly put together by God with the promises of redemption and healing and everything for the human being. He says, do you get that now? This book is Jesus Christ put together by God. Now, that's a tremendous statement. This book is Jesus Christ put together by God. It's And when you put Jesus Christ in front of you, or when you are beholding the Lamb. And so God in this Word has brought forth the very character of Jesus Christ. You know, people study the Bible. I come from a religious family. I come from a family that has theologians and preachers and all of those things in the family. And and they study the Bible from their, their perspective. They learn different things in their Bible schools. They're taught different things. They look at the book as, uh, as something that is uh, a truth to be studied. But really, it's Jesus Christ fitly put together by God. And that's a, that's a tremendous thought and a tremendous, uh, way to see it. As John here turned to see the lion of the tribe of Judah, which was Jesus Christ. And he beheld a lamb as it had been slain. Not a different person. It was Jesus Christ. If I could just say it briefly this way. If I could just lay it in to start this way. God was revealing himself. You see, where was Jesus as John looked at the throne and saw one on the throne? Where was the lamb? The lamb was in the throne. Brother Branham said that the lamb came forth from the eternities. What was taking place? God was putting back on the veil of the lamb to redeem the book. 
He was not just the lamb independent from God. It was not another God. You know, in the message, the breach, you'll, you'll find Brother Branham speaking about it saying, I am the one that, that foreknew you. I'm the one that thought of you speaking, speaking of the lamb. I had it in my mind. I predestinated so. Why? Because it's God expressing himself as the lamb. But many times when people look at Jesus, which is the fullness of the expression of God, uh, they don't always see a lamb. It's, he means a lot of things to different people. Brother Branham said in one place, he says, I used to think before I was saved that God was angry with me and that Jesus loved me. He says, and I come to find out that Jesus was the expression of God. You see, so he, he was looking at it wrong, but then he began to see it. Boy, I was, I was pondering about Abraham and Isaac, and we find in the scripture, Abraham and Isaac, as, as they go to Mount Moriah, as Abraham has been spoken to by the Lord, Abraham, go and offer your son, your only son. And Abraham took Isaac, and he took the wood, and he took the fire, and he, he put the, the wood on Isaac like Jesus as a type of Jesus who had to bear his own cross. And, and they, they went up the mountain. And Isaac, you know, he didn't see the lamb. He says, Father, I, we have the wood. Father, we have the fire. He says, but, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham's go, Abraham said, God will provide for himself a sacrifice. There will be a God-provided lamb. Amen. Oh my, sometimes I, I pause thinking I'm going to get an amen and it's quiet. So you bear with me if I pause. God bless you. And uh, that's just me. That's just my habits. But you know, they're going up to Mount Moriah and it's a revelation that God is giving to Abraham. The revelation that every attribute of God has to catch. It's the revelation of the resurrection. It's the same revelation that, that Job had to come to. As the son of God, realizing that though the skin worms destroy this flesh, yet in my flesh shall I see God. He had to lose his family. He had to lose his wealth. He had to go through a lot of loss and a lot of suffering for God to get him to that revelation. But if you talk to Job today, I'm sure Job would tell you it was worth it all. Even though I had to go through that, it was worth it all to stand there on that day. You know, you could talk to the thief at the cross and... And the one that was taken on the other side, as Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Maybe when you talk to him on the other side, he'll say, you know, I went through a rough life. I suffered. I died on the cross next to Jesus. But I'll tell you what, it was worth it to be here. Amen. He had to see the Lamb of God. He was hanging there on the cross. One thief didn't see the Lamb of God. One thief just said, you know, if you're a king, why don't you take down off the cross? See, one thief was actually looking for the lion of the tribe of Judah. But the other thief saw the lamb. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he found redemption in Jesus Christ right there on the cross. And so Abraham and Isaac going up to the mountain. And Abraham takes Isaac and binds him and and is ready to sacrifice his life. But God stops him. 
Saying, Abraham, now I know that you really believe me, you really love me, and you're willing to give your only son. I want to show you a part of myself that you've never seen before. And there God revealed himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh, the provided sacrifice. There was a provided sacrifice for Abraham and for Isaac up there on the mountain. Now... Israel, in order to get from Egypt to the promised land, needed a provided sacrifice. They, when, a, when they were told by Moses that now the death angel will go through the land and it'll be over. It was, I was, it was rem, the feelings of it reminded me when the sisters were singing the special. I enjoyed that special this evening. You know, the cries in the middle of the night. I think it started out and, and I, it took my mind back to Egypt. You know, there was cries in the middle of the night. There were those that did not have the provided lamb. There were those that, that to them, it didn't make no difference. God is a good God. God is a God that, uh, you know, He really doesn't care. Uh, how we act or what we do. He's just a God that's a good God, like some doty grandfather. But God is a God of His Word. God keeps His Word. And there God had provided His Word through Moses. Oh, it's so important that we catch that in this hour. God provided His Word through the messenger. God provides His Word for a reason. It's not just to prove that He's God. It's not just to prove that He can do it. God provides His Word for a reason. And the reason is that He has elect. He wants to get that Word too. And if the elect will take that Word and embrace that Word, they will see the Lamb that they're supposed to see. Now there Israel was as they were to take the lamb, not just any lamb, but the lamb had to be a type of Christ. It had to be without spot. It had to be without blemish. And they had to take the blood of that lamb and put that blood on public display. Now, if you walked by the door of an Egyptian or an Israelite home there in Goshen, and you saw blood on the doorpost, you wouldn't know whether that was goat blood or lamb blood. Amen? You wouldn't know whether that was some other animal. You wouldn't even know if it was human blood. You wouldn't have any idea. All you would see was blood on the door. That's the limit of the human viewpoint in many things. But God told them it had to be a lamb with specific characteristics because it had to be a type of Jesus Christ. It had to be a representation of the Lamb of God. And only this lamb, when this lamb was on public display, would stop the death angel. So in other words, when the death angel went through the land, it wasn't so much that you knew or your neighbor knew or their neighbor knew what kind of lamb it was that you had slain. It wasn't to be some kind of status symbol. It wasn't to be what kind of church that you went to or it wasn't to be what kind of a thing you associated with. But if it was the true lamb that was provided, then when the death angel went by that door, the death angel would know that's a proper lamb. And it's only important that the death angel know that that is a proper lamb. 
And, go, and he'll see beyond just the outer display. He'll see right onto the inside because it's not just the color of the blood on the doorpost, but it's the life that's been released from that blood that was crying out, innocent life that was shed that was crying out, mercy, mercy. And because a right kind of a blood was shed and the right kind of a lamb was represented there, can you imagine if some, some Israelite had... had had sacrificed a lamb that they knew wasn't exactly perfect. Well, I got this lamb. He's kind of deformed and he's not going to make it anyway. So we'll just kill that lamb. That'll be sufficient. And we'll just put that blood on the door and, you know, that'll be enough. And, and, and you know, they looked like everybody else's lamb. Looked like everybody else's idea. But when the death angel went through, he come by that door and he said, wait a minute. This isn't a lamb without spot. This isn't a lamb without wrinkles. See, everybody's got their religious idea of who Jesus is. They got their own revelation. Well, I think, you know, it doesn't matter how you're baptized or it doesn't matter how you live your life or it doesn't matter, you know, that, that the prophet of God said this, you ought not to be doing this or you ought not to. It doesn't really matter. That's just his opinion. But the prophet expresses the word and the word is expressing the lamb. And it's the word description of the Lamb, the life of that word that cries out for mercy for us before God. You can't have an imperfect Lamb. You've got to have the provided Lamb of God. Amen. I'm so glad for a provided Lamb. That life cried out because that Lamb had a certain nature. When, when John was weeping because nobody was found worthy in heaven and earth or under the earth to take the book, as John was weeping because nobody was worthy, the, the elders told him, he said, John, don't, don't weep, don't cry, John, because there is one that is worthy. The lion of the tribe of, of Judah has prevailed to take the book and open the book to loose the seals and And so John turned to see the lion and he saw the lamb. Now, he saw the one that was worthy. I want you to catch this now. He didn't see any lamb. He saw the lamb that was worthy. It had a certain nature. Brother Branham said in the message, Church in its Condition, 1956, he says, Now, I've often wondered why that God would foreshadow Christ as an animal, as a beast. But we come to find out that the lamb, the reason that he chose a lamb, a lamb is the meekest and most gentlest of all the creatures there is on the earth. There's nothing any more meeker and gentler than a little lamb. So innocent, not self-sustained. It's not arrogant. It's a gentle, meek little creature. And when God was going to represent Christ to the world. And I'll say it this way. When God was going to represent the worthy one to the world. He represented him in a lamb. The worthy one. You know. We live in an age of heroes. Everybody wants to have a hero. I think they call them superheroes. Everybody wants to have somebody that's, uh, to look up to, that, you know, they got, they got somebody 
Brother Branham said it's, it's, that, it's a super age. Every, everybody wants super, super, a super this, a super that. And he says everybody wants a superman. You know, their superhero that's going to lead them. He says every denomination wants a great leader. And every country wants the greatest leader. And everybody wants somebody that they could look up to. And But the, but when in the world's idea of what's super, it's the one that's faster. It's the one that's stronger. It's the one that's smarter. It's the one that 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 has... You know, uh, more talent or all of those sorts of things. That's their superheroes. They call them superstars and all that kind of stuff. But that's not God's idea of the worthy one. The worthy one is the one that has the lamb nature of meekness and gentleness and innocence and not self-sustained. That's an amazing thing. What kind of a leader could it be? What kind of a worthy one could it be? The one who could give his life without blemish. For all of us. Because our the, he's the innocent one. And, and, and if we could really see that. That even when we're looking for innocence. Many times we feel guilty. But when we feel guilty we need to see the lamb. Our innocence is in the lamb. Our innocence is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our innocence is not in us. Because when you see the Lamb, you see the blood. And when you see the blood, that takes the sin or the guilt of sin and puts it right back to its original condition, puts it back on the head of Satan where it came from. And so when I make a mistake, when you make a mistake, when I do something wrong, when you do something wrong, when I look at my past, when you look at your past, I don't want to see myself. I don't want to see an argument. I don't want to see self-justification. Say, well, that's just the way I am, or that's the way my family is, or that's the way my culture is, or that's just because I'm a man, or that's just because I'm a woman. Forget about all those things. I want to see the Lamb. I want to behold the innocence of the Lamb and say, that was a provided Lamb for me. When I wouldn't be innocent, He would be my innocence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The lamb's nature is one that needs to be led. Brother Branham says in spiritual adoption, he's talking about now us having a lamb nature. He says, in order to stay with God, stay gentle. God is gentle. In order to stay with God, stay with love. God is love. Stay meek. Don't never be self-sufficient. Jesus wasn't self-sufficient. Don't you ever be self-sufficient. Oh, how many times, you know, really, if I would boil it right down, the problem with the world today is they're trying to be self-sufficient. They're trying to figure out COVID and they're trying to figure out pandemics and they're trying to figure out quarantines and they're trying to figure out travel restrictions and they're trying to figure out hospitalizations and they're trying to figure out medical systems and they're trying to figure all these things out. That's the problem. If they would just become as a lamb. And realize we're not self-sufficient, but there's one that's sufficient. And that's the mighty God. And and so, as a lamb nature, Brother Branham says, in order to stay with God, stay that way. Always rely on Him. Never use your own mind. Take His thoughts. Let His thoughts be your thoughts. Oh, that, that would do away with all, what is the word? Anxiety. You know, people are anxious in this age. You want to do with anxiety? Get rid of your thoughts and take the thoughts of the Lamb. Take the thoughts of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Oh, I'm not sure what I should do. I'm not sure. Look, find the mind of Christ. That settles everything. Hallelujah. Never use your own mind. Take his thoughts. Take them into your carnal mind and repeat them over. And say, listen to this. He says, say, oh God, take all my doubt away and let my thoughts be your thoughts. Hallelujah. Let my thoughts be your thoughts. He was a lamb. You know, we're living in an age. What would be the right word? We're living in an age where people always got an answer. It's not necessarily the right answer. But people have a, always have something to say. You know, they want to... You say something, they want to rebut it. You know, somebody says a certain thing one way, someone else wants to say it the opposite way. And everybody thinking their, their, uh, uh, their idea is important. Everybody has their own truth. Everybody has their own, their own reality. Everybody has their own absolute, which means nobody has an absolute. Because there's only one absolute, and that's the Word of God. And so, but we live in this age that is, and the Bible says in perilous times, this is the way it'll be. People will be without, people will be incontinent, which means they will be without self-control. They will, they will not be able to control themselves. We're living in a grumbler's age. We're living in an age where people like to complain. Something doesn't go their way. They've got a complaint about things. They've got, they've got an idea that, you know, it should go this way or it should go that way or I want to say this or I want to say that. Even though a lot of times people have no basis for what they're going to say. It's just, well, where did you get that from? Well, I don't know. I just thought it. It just, just was in my mind. It's just the way I think. It's the way I look at things. You know, and, and who are they? You know, everybody has this idea, but we're living in that kind of an age where people don't want to be timid. They don't want to be meek. They don't want to be humble. They, they, they want to be heady. They want to be high-minded. They want to be proud. The Bible says they want to be boasters. They want to, you know, everybody wants to declare how great they are and all those kind of things, but a lamb doesn't claim its own rights. And Brother Branham says in many places, I don't have a particular quote here, but I'll say, uh, maybe I do actually, but I'll, I'll come to that. And, and, uh, but many places he says, you know, if you want to serve God, you've got to lay down like a lamb and let him shear your rights off of you. Now that's not a politically correct thing to say in this age, is it? You know, nobody wants to just say, I just lay everything down, whatever your will is, Lord. Just whatever you want, you just do it. That's, that's a, so contrary to the way that the, the age is moving. Bible says in Isaiah 53 and verse 7, and, and I'm gonna quote this because this is the scripture that the eunuch was looking at on the road as, as Philip Begin to listen to him. You know, as he, the chariot was going along and Philip was kind of just maybe running beside the chariot. I was amazed at that story, you know, because he didn't just jump into the chariot. You got to be invited to get into the chariot. So he's just kind of listening to this man reading and he's in this chariot. The chariot driver's there. They're going down the road and, and Philip's just kind of, 
you know, this isn't easy. You know, say, I see you're reading the Bible. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 do you understand what you're reading there? And, and, you know, maybe he was getting a little winded. and But he thought, you know, God's in this. And it's not, might, may not be easy work, but God's in it. And he, and he was reading that he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. And so the, the eunuch was reading about Jesus, the lamb. And he, he, he says, who, who's it speaking of here? And the Bible says that, that Philip, uh, he says, well, he said, he invited Philip up into the chariot and, and Philip says, well, the Bible says he began to preach to him Jesus. He started to that scripture. He says, let's talk about this lamb. Let's look at this lamb and what this lamb means to you. And because this is God's provided lamb that has provided a way of escape. And, and, and he led him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the eunuch was baptized there as they came to some water, accepting, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Brother Branham says, talks about our privileges. He says, I know it's a privilege. It belongs to you because you were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. You come into the world speaking lies. He's talking about different privileges. I'll say it this way. We have certain privileges in this age. And in North America, we have uh, certain rights in the American Constitution, it talks about, I think, uh, inalienable rights or something like that. In the Canadian Bill of Rights, we have the rights and, and certain things that are instituted in, in law. Rights of free speech is one of them and rights of assembly. And, and that's a big contention right now in the United States, especially as the churches are being shut down like they are in Canada. I don't think we have the same rights of religious uh, assembly written into our Constitution or freedom of religion. Nevertheless, uh, it's th- these rights we have enjoyed for so long. And Brother Branham says, we enjoy rights in this world, rights to our own opinion, rights to our own ideas. He says, but when you come to Jesus, he says, he says, but will you forfeit it to become a lamb? Now, I want you to listen closely to what he says here, because this is very important. He says, the lamb wasn't a grumbler. That one goes right to the heart of this age. Tomorrow, when you're tempted to grumble... The next day when you're tempted to grumble. When you come home from work, maybe even today, you were tempted to grumble. Maybe you've gone through some situations and some uh, some trials, as we all do. And you're tempted to grumble. But he says, Brother Bram says, are you willing to forfeit those rights to become a lamb? Now that one hits close to home for all of us, doesn't it? You know, we, we like to think, well, this isn't right and that isn't right and, you know, all these things are right. But I wonder if we can lift up our heads to God and say, but Lord, if you, do, if you have allowed that in my life, 
not my will, but your will be done. Are we willing to take on the nature of a lamb? He says, the Bible says, he opened not his mouth when he was reviled. Reviled not again. He says, that's the reason that the dove could stay with the lamb. Amen. Now, there's so much I could be, that could be said here about the dove and the lamb. If you want to see something very specifically, very sad. Because in 1956 was, 50, was a 50 year jubilee of Azusa Street. For those of you young people who don't know what Azusa Street is, Azusa Street was the Pentecostal revival in 1906 that Brother Branham talks about. Los Angeles, California, where the Spirit of God fell and the, and the gifts uh, of the Spirit become manifested in a greater way than they had been previously uh, for a long time. And it, it became a great revival and they became, uh, they tried to stay very, uh, how should I say, very yielded to the Holy Spirit, but they quickly became denominated. The Pente- it was the beginning of the Pentecostal movement, and the Pentecostal movement began to form into cliques as they begin to say, well, you know, I'm of the oneness, or another one, I'm of the threeness, and, and uh, you know, I think the oneness was in Topeka, Kansas, and the, the threeness was in Azusa Street, and it, and it doesn't really matter, but they, they had this great move of God, and within a few short years, they begin to form these groups, and they begin to take on titles, and they begin to be uh, uh, be groups, I'll just put it that way. So in 1956, Brother Branham goes to Los Angeles, California, in the in the Jubilee anniversary of Azusa Street, and he preaches two messages. One of them is Azusa Jubilee, but the other one is the Lamb and the Dove, and that's the quote that I'm reading to you even right now. He says that's the reason the Dove could stay with the Lamb. In the year 1956, which should have been a jubilee. A jubilee is a releasing from bondage. A jubilee is a declaration of freedom. And in a year that should have been a great declaration of freedom, Brother Branham and other ministers were traveling about. They didn't necessarily know, but Brother Branham identified it, saying that this is the year that America accepts or rejects the gospel. And then he announces as a prophet to the age that America has rejected the gospel. You know, uh, I know my American brethren, those of you that are on the U.S. side, you, it's easy to get caught up in the politics because there's, you know, a, a religious fervor behind some of the politics and it's easy to try and go along with that and it would be wonderful if that was real. But God forsook America, or more accurately, America forsook God in 1956. We're talking uh, 74, 60, 64 years ago. We're not talking last month. We're not talking the November election. We're not talking the previous election. We're not talking the turn of the century. We're talking 64 years ago. It was over. And what you're seeing now is just the fruits of it. There's no hopes in politics whatsoever. 
There's not in Canada. There isn't in the United States. Doesn't mean anywhere. We give up those rights as Christians. Let the world rule the world. Every government is controlled by the devil. And the devil has his hands in all of it. But ultimately it's God that allows whichever leader he wants to lead whichever country he needs them to lead in. Communism was raised up for a purpose. What for? To smite Catholicism. It has a purpose in this end time. There's end time events that lead to different uh, uh, leadership in different countries. And we can argue about well, the election and this and that. Let it all go. Let it all go. Be a lamb. And, and, and just say, well, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You want this one? You want that one? Whatever you want, Lord. Amen. Your will be done. I'm looking forward to the end time events. I want to be led by the dove. Amen. Can you say amen to that tonight? That's the one I want to be led by is the dove. I want to have the right nature that he can lead me. I remember Stonewall Jackson. I didn't know him personally. I'm not that old. But I remember Stonewall Jackson saying, he says, uh, you know, somebody asked him, you know, do you think it's wrong to to smoke? I forget what it was. It was smoking or drinking or something. Someone asked him, said, do you think it's wrong to to smoke or uh, for a Christian to smoke or something? And, and it was Jackson that says, well, I know it's not wrong not to do it. See, he says, it didn't matter to me whether it's wrong to do it, but I, I know for sure it's not wrong not to do it. See, sometimes people ask the wrong thing. Is it wrong to do this? When really we should be asking ourselves, does God want me to do this? Now, I think that got quiet not just here, but that got quiet on the internet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Does God want me to do this? Is this something that is pleasing to my heavenly Father? As Jesus said, I do always that which pleases the Father. I don't want God to be ambivalent in what I do. And, I, and I'm not standing here to say, I always do the things that are right. I'm not standing here to say, I'm perfect. I'm standing here to say, I always want to see the Lamb. That's what I want to see. And, and, and many times in ministry, you counsel with people. And a lot of times, I'm sure Brother Tom will agree with this, different ones. You know, you counsel with people and they, they say they want the leadership of the Holy Spirit but really you see on the basis of how they're acting and how they're asking and how they're saying it, that really they don't want what God wants. They want God to lead them to help them get what they want. And a lot of times that's, that's a lot of the problem in that people don't have their, their prayers answered. You know, the, in the book of James we find that, that same story as James told the church, he says, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. In other words, you're not asking the right way. You're not asking for the right thing. Brother Branham says, when you pray, you never pray to change God's mind. You always pray for God to change your mind. It's the lamb nature to be led by the dove. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. You know, what did John see when he was at the, at the river down there uh, to introduce the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world? 
he was, he was looking at a man that was the root and the offspring of David. He was looking at a man that was of the lineage of David, but yet was the Lord of David, as even Jesus asked the Pharisees, if, if the Messiah is the offspring of David, how is it that David calls him Lord? And they didn't have answers to these questions because they weren't looking at the Scripture in the right way. But when John saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he saw the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. Now, I want you to notice something here. I'm going to actually go a direction. I wasn't sure if I'd go this so you can get the slides ready. Uh, and uh, I want you to notice now as I, as I change gears, because as I take this tonight, and, and I'll be having some services coming up, it might be in the same channel of beholding the Lamb. What are you seeing when you are beholding the Lamb? Because as Brother Branham was ministering, and he had a ministry, it was a ministry, and he, and he made this request. He says, oh, that I could clothe the bride with the word and declare, behold, the Lamb of God. Now, I don't think that Brother Branham was just saying, behold, the Lamb is in Jesus coming. I think he was declaring that if I say, behold, the Lamb about Jesus, or if I say, behold, the Lamb about his bride, it's the same thing. It's because it's to be the Lamb of God on display in our lives. Now, when he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. He dealt with the sin question. He was the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. But Brother Branham often makes a declaration. He says, when you deal with the sin question, you deal with the sickness question. All right, so when we come into sickness, when we come into things that we're dealing with, and I'm going to go through a few quotes here with you, I want you to recognize as God deals with sickness and our attitude towards it, really what we have to be careful about is to look at the lamb. Not look at our sicknesses. Not look at our symptoms. Amen. Not look at our difficulty. Not look at what the doctor says. Not look at what the report is. But look at the lamb and look at the promise. Because if we put these slides up, if you will, and I want to just go through a, a few quotes here with you just to establish something. Because remember now, as I go through this, and uh, I'm not sure when I'll see uh, how I'll see this, but uh, I'm waiting for you to see it here online. And, and uh, uh, so that's what I'm waiting on just so I can I can go there. But as Brother Branham went through he remember brother Branham was called and he was sent with a gift of healing if there was a man ever that knew anything about healing thank you that knew anything about healing it was brother Branham now can you see I don't know if you can see that on the zoom call can you see that give me a thumbs up thumbs down okay they cannot see it on the zoom call all right you're going to have to share the screen on the zoom call you brothers that are running the zoom there you go. Now you got it. Okay. Now, now I think everybody can see it online because I want you to see these things. This was the attitude of a prophet of God that himself had to come into the nature of a lamb. And he had to approach God with the right attitude in order to get the right response from the atonement. The atonement, remember, is the lamb. So when you are approaching the lamb, you've got to have the right attitude to the lamb. Or you don't see the lamb the way you ought to see the lamb. I want you to catch that out. Because the Pharisees saw Jesus, but they got nothing out of it. 
The Sadducees saw Jesus. Many people saw Jesus, but they were not beholding the Lamb. Oh my. So let's go through this now as I'm gonna just sidetrack here to healing and then we're gonna, we're gonna close it and, and leave maybe quite a bit, uh, you could say quite a bit, leave quite a bit on the table or leave quite a bit of word there. But I just want to zero in on this one aspect of seeing the lamb. All right. I don't have a response here. There we go. So Brother Adam says, Now as Abraham was justified by faith because he believed in God, Paul justified him by faith. James turns over and justifies him by works. But Paul was speaking what God saw. And James was speaking what man saw. And if you say you're a believer and then act contrary to what you say, so now Brother Brown's showing the outward reaction of faith. He says, then you're not a believer. See, if you tell God, yes, I now solemnly believe. He says, brother, you can't do nothing but act the same way you believe. He's talking about real faith. If you believe something, you can't help but act that way. If you believe this building is about to collapse, you're not going to sit here and watch it. You're going to run out the door. Amen. Some of us are going to carry Brother Tom. But we're going to get out of here so fast that, it, that because we believe it's going to collapse. But if we, we, we look at it, it's maybe it's shaken, maybe there's an earthquake, and uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you think it's going to hold? You think it's going to stay? You know, we might hang around. You know, we might, you know, everybody, it's all right. Everybody stay still. God's on our side. You know, we, we, we're not sure. But if you believe it, you're going to act because of it. Amen. All right, so Brother Bram says you can't do nothing but act the same way you believe. That's right. You say, Lord, my hand's crippled, but something in my heart tells me that you're the Lord that he, that's healed me. Oh, I believe it, God, with all my heart. You can't do nothing but watch that hand move a few inches every day. That's it. You can't do nothing else, see? God's obligated to that word to watch over it. Amen. All right. So Brother Ram says, we always get what we expect. When people expect anything, well, then they usually get what you look for. It's the mental attitude that you have. Now, remember, we're talking about looking at the lamb. It's the attitude you have towards the lamb. Was he sufficient for your sins? If he was sufficient for your sins, then he was sufficient for your sickness. Because he was wounded for our sins, and with his stripes we are healed. And so we realize it's one and the same. You deal with the sin question. If he was good enough for our sins, then he's good enough for our sickness. He was the lamb without blemish, the provided lamb of God. He says, remember this. And he says, it's the mental attitude you have. Remember this and never forget it. The right mental attitude towards any promise of God will bring it to pass. The right mental attitude towards any promise of God. Now, if we zero that in on our subject tonight, then we'd have to identify it's not just that there's a promise in the Word of God. We can say there's a promise here, but is the Lamb sufficient to have paid the price? Is the Lamb worthy? John turned and beheld the Lamb, the worthy one. May the Holy Spirit turn our thoughts to the worthy one tonight. It's not based on my understanding of the promise. It's not based on how smart I am. It's not even based that I know about it. It's based on the atonement that was made. He's the worthy one beholding the Lamb. So he says, 
The right mental attitude, never forget it. The right mental attitude towards the divine promise of God will bring it to pass. The right mental attitude towards any promise of God. It doesn't take gifts of healing to heal sick people. Any person in here, I say any person there at home, looking at you on the screen, whether it's one, two, three, we've got different numbers gathered together on the screen. It doesn't matter anymore. He's your healer. He says, any person in here has a right to meet Satan anywhere if you're a Christian and defeat him on any grounds he could stand on. The lamb took the book. The worthy one took the book. The book of our inheritance. What is the inheritance? Footsteps is possession. The ground that we stand on, the devil cannot challenge us. The lamb has paid the price. Amen. He says, God hears any minister's prayer anybody's prayer. You don't have to be a minister. You can pray for the sick. God will honor your prayer. See, what is it? Is the faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus. It's a faith in the finished work of the Lamb. If you're looking by faith at the right thing, God will hear your prayer. I'm going to keep saying these things. I've Now, years ago, I used some of these quotes here. These are just quotes that I collect over time as you go through the message. Outstanding statements about our attitude towards healing and the power of God in the healing of the church. And so catch these things and let them sink down in your heart tonight. That might be something, might be one statement that's just for you that you can catch because you're going to need it in the days ahead. Or maybe you need it right now. Amen. He's the God that heals all of our sicknesses and diseases. Brother Bram says, put, you put me on record tonight in these recorders. I have no apology for this remark that I'm fixing to make. I believe and can prove that the right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. That's right, the right mental attitude. You've got to have the right mental attitude. The attitude is what brings the result. You say, yes, I believe, but I don't know now. That's not the right attitude. The right attitude is to receive it and say, it's thus saith the Lord. Then it's right. The right attitude when you look at the lamb. The right attitude looking at the lamb is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changed. There's no reason why he won't fulfill his word and, and, and fulfill the promise in our lives individually. He says, same thing with our sister here that's in the wheelchair or maybe others that are sick and afflicted. If you can have a perfect understanding that it's God's good pleasure to make you well, there isn't enough devils in the country to keep you sick. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad for that. It does, it's not based on how many devils there are. It's based on a perfect understanding that it's God's pleasure to make you well. What's a perfect understanding? It's a right attitude towards the promise. Any man, I don't care. You might be a weak Christian. You don't need people coming through with gifts of healing. You don't need these things. Oh, if I could just have so-and-so pray for me. Or, oh, I wish I was in a prayer line when Brother Branham was here. Or, oh, I wish this. Or, oh, I wish that. Listen, you don't need any of that. The only thing you need is to take God at His Word. Stand toe-to-toe with Satan and you'll defeat him on the ground. 
You'll defeat him on the ground because the lamb has paid the price. He says, when he healed the sick, what did the Bible say? The reason that he healed sick, he healed the sick that it might be fulfilled. Why, see, it's easy to believe anything God says. If God says tomorrow it's going to be so hot everybody could go swimming, it wouldn't be hard for me to get a swimming suit ready. If he said it's going to pour down rain tomorrow all day long, it's easy for me to take an umbrella with me. Is that right? If God says it's going to be a great, a good season next year and all the crops are going to grow everywhere, I just plant anything with good faith. Is that right? If God says he's going to give us a great meeting tonight, I'd come without even a text on my mind. I was sharing this with uh, Brother Dan Florent the other day. He, he was, t- was talking about study habits. I says, Brother Random says, you know, if God says it's going to be a good meeting, I wouldn't even come with a text. <laughs> In other words, I wouldn't even study. If God already said it's going to be a good meeting. Sometimes we're a little tone deaf. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Us preachers, you know, we study hard because we're nervous, you know, that God's going to leave us alone. Then we come to church and we don't even use our notes anyway. So that's just the way it is as preachers. He says, if God's going to give me a great meeting tonight, I come without even a text in my mind. He's going to do it anyhow. Is that right? God said so. That settles it. If you're suffering, just nearly ready to die, and God said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. That don't waver you a bit. Just go on. God said so. That's just that unconscious faith like, you see. Just go right on believing it. God said so. And that just settles it. Well, then why do people die? Because sometimes it's God's will for people to die. But sometimes people die who it's not God's will for them to die. Oh, is that so? Brother Ram says right here, now to every believer, born again child of God, when death comes stealing to the door prematurely, the angel of the Lord stands between you and the sickness. Praise the Lord. But then he says, now, if you want to run right on to it, that's your business. But you don't have to. Hallelujah. You don't have to. He's standing between you and death. The doctors might say, might be somebody in the hospital. It's sitting there with COVID. The doctors are saying, there's nothing more we can do. It's like this man that we prayed for tonight. There's nothing more can be done. That doesn't mean anything. It's only whether or not it's his time to go. That's really the only thing that matters. Said so Brother Ram says, I'm just going to go through these quickly because we're, we're out of time now. It says, now the very essence of the message that was sent, that he is risen from the dead, we, his beneficiaries, we who share the resurrection with him, draw benefits from this by proving to the world that he is alive. You see, the very fact there is healing is because he's proving himself alive the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we, by faith, draw benefits from that. We are recipients of the benefits of the worthiness of the Lamb. He can't, we cannot do it by word only. We cannot do it by some tradition of men. We only reflect exactly what we're pointing to. So Brother Bram says, if, if I can get the people to see that they've got to absolutely come clean with God, then I believe I'd had the authority by Jesus Christ to break the power of any demon there is. Okay, hold on to that. Come absolutely clean with God. 
All right, the right attitude here. The same thing by divine healing. You sick people here this morning believe that and have been born again, sons and daughters of God. Christ has already healed you. The only thing that keeps you from being well this morning is a spirit hanging over you that won't fully let you go out yonder and believe God's promise that He's done it. My. Because when you believe it, you act like you believe it. Your body has to obey your confession. If the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall also quicken your mortal body. Does that mean the moment that I believe it's gone? Yes, that means the moment that you believe you were already healed 2,000 years ago, but now your faith will make your body line up with your confession. Absolutely has to happen that way. He says, as, as long as Satan could make him believe, talking about Job, that his sickness was his God doing it, he had Job whipped. But when Job once struck that revelation that it was not God, that he was only going through his trials to make him something, it wasn't God doing it, it was Satan doing it. Same thing today. He'll try and tell you that these trials and things is God trying to put punishment upon you. It isn't so. No, sir, it's Satan doing it. God's permitting it to temper you, to make you see if you're tied to this earth by the earth cares or whether your treasure's in heaven. It's the same thing he did to Abraham. Take your son, take him up on the mountain that I'll show you, offer him as a sacrifice. God was only tempting Abraham, not tempting him rather, but testing him to see and show Abraham a revelation or faith that was laying in him, bring his faith to a higher level so God could show Abraham, see, you believe me regardless of anything, and then he saw the lamb hidden, uh, tied or, or caught in the thicket. There was God's provided lamb, Jehovah Jireh. God will take us through trials. He'll, he'll allow the devil to put things on us, to temper us, to show you, you are a child of God. Hallelujah. For wherever your treasures is, there you are also. Your heart is where your treasures in. You say, Brother Branham, I'm just hitting these things just to knock down the devil from every situation. We're about to close here. As a matter of fact, the musicians can come. You say, Brother Branham, I've done something the other day. I'm afraid the Lord won't heal me tonight. Oh, yes, he will. Don't you get scared. You're a Christian. Just sit still. Repent for what you've done wrong. That's right. You say, well, I backslid, brother. That don't make any difference. Repent and go on. See, you're scared. The first little thing comes along. You turn your head one way. You think God's going to condemn you. Repent, that's all. Get right. Amen. See, then he talks about Abraham. He says, there was Abraham, anyone that knows that God told Abraham not to leave Palestine. That's a backslidden condition. And any time that a person disobeys God, he backslides. Is that right? And because of drought, come on, Abraham, instead of standing, facing the music, he went and done exactly what God told him not to do. We probably all have done something like this in our lives. Amen? We're probably all guilty of that at some point in time. But watch what happens. So if you do what God tells you not to do, you're backslid. So Abraham was setting out there, backslid, and telling a lie about it. But God couldn't turn his child down. He gave him the promise unconditionally. Hallelujah. 
Jesus has paid the price. He's the worthy one. He's the Lamb of God. The promise is unconditional. He said, that's my prophet. You take his wife back and restore him. If you don't, you're as good as a dead man. And let him pray for you. Who? Hallelujah. Who? Not that holier than thou, but my prophet setting out there. I'll hear his prayer. He says, that's the grace of God to the Holy Ghost Church. And you don't recognize it. It's God's grace to you individually. Amen. He has provided a sacrifice. Amen. Amen. He says, when you said, mountain be moved, and it still stands there. You say, well, it didn't happen. Oh, it did happen. When you said mountain move, maybe one little insignificant grain of sand turned loose out of the hundreds of billions and billions of tons. One little grain move, but it's begin to take place. Hold that faith and watch that mountain disappear. Thou shalt say in thy heart, disease, move from my child. Disease, move from my body in the name of the Lord Jesus. And don't doubt. Right there, the good germs take on a new armor and a new weapon. And the enemy begins to back up. Hallelujah. He's defeated because Christ, in the drinking of his myrrh at Calvary, what, the lamb, defeated the devil and every one of his powers. He stripped him of everything he had, and he's nothing but a bluff. He can go through with it. He will do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together. Would you just softly play, I claim the blood that Jesus shed at Calvary. I just need that last slide if you don't mind. I don't know how you're going to do it. I want you to put that last slide back up there. All right, there we go. He says, now let's everyone bow our heads reverently, real reverently. As the piano's playing, I want you to follow what Brother Branham says here. I'm not making a tradition out of this, but I want you to do what the prophet said do. He says, I want you to think this in your mind now, Real reverent, I want you to repeat this prayer. He says, you pray it. I'll repeat it. You pray it. I'll transfer the words that it takes to defeat Satan right to your lips. And then you believe your confession. Now, why would I do this tonight? Because sometimes when we say... You can defeat Satan and you can back him down and God will hear your prayer. Sometimes we get a a little feeling like, well, I, I really don't know how to pray. I really don't know what to say. If I could have a minister pray, you know, they know how to pray. If I have somebody to pray with me. But, you know, we don't even, you're not even able to come to the altar here and be prayed over. But you're sitting in your home. And I'm going to put these words up here and you just, I'll repeat them. I'll say them. I'll read it. But you repeat them there at your home. 
You repeat them there. You bow your heads, close your eyes, and I'll just say the words, and you can pray them to God as we approach this. Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, author of everlasting life, you say it out loud, giver of all good gifts, I, your servant, confess my sins. And I believe that through the merits of thy son, Jesus, I am forgiven of my sins. I am sick in my body. I need your help. Give me faith now to believe your word. And to believe these things which I have seen tonight that reproduces your life again as it was yesterday and so is it today and now Lord upon this confession I believe I accept my healing and I believe from this night henceforth I shall be well I commit myself to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I claim the blood. I claim the blood. Jesus shed on Calvary. Those precious blood
failings Lord we're looking at the lamb we're not looking at the rest of the world like John in the book of Revelation no man was found worthy in heaven in earth under the earth Lord there was no Pope there was no great evangelist there was no messenger to any church age There was no one found worthy in any way, shape, or form that were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. But Lord, we're not looking at that. You've turned our attention to the Lamb. And we look at the Lamb of God tonight. And we say, praise God, the Lamb is worthy. No wonder John rejoiced. No wonder the the elders cast down their crowns. No wonder all of heaven rejoiced. There's a worthy one that has paid the price, that has redeemed the book and redeemed our lives, and has paid for every redemptive blessing. We glorify you, O God. O Lord, we magnify you. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the Lamb. We thank you, Lord, for that tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you for your word. Lord, take the message tonight and anchor it into the heart of your children. Lord, we don't look at the circumstances of the age. It doesn't... uh, We wish we were together, but it doesn't stop the moving of the Holy Spirit just because we're not together. We believe, Lord, you move. There might be someone that's alone tonight streaming this service. Lord, move in their hearts right now. Let them know how much you love them. How much they're in your mind before the foundation of the world. And you gave yourself. For that reason, you manifested yourself in flesh and gave yourself for every one of our needs. Oh Lord, it'll be a wonderful, wonderful time when we get over there. But Lord, for right now, just anchor the faith of your word within our hearts, we pray. Let every sickness fade into the background, Lord. Let every trouble and every trial, Lord, let it just become insignificant in the sight of the Lamb as we behold the Lamb. Lord, may you, may you just bless your children tonight as we have gathered together. We pray, Lord, that you'll just bless each one, that you'll anoint your word, that you'll keep each one safe. Lord, if the devil comes knocking at the door, even as your prophet said, if he tries to deliver a box of rattlesnakes, will not sign for the box. 
Lord, we reject what the devil's trying to offer. We accept the Lamb of God, which has paid the price for everything we have need of. Bless your children, we pray. Bring us together again safely Sunday morning. I believe our dear brother Tom is going to be ministering, Lord willing, because we're certainly willing. But Lord, we want your will to be done. And Lord, we pray that you'll just bless our American brethren. They're, they're going into Thanksgiving, oh God. Wonderful day of Thanksgiving tomorrow, the greatest holiday of the year. It's the real Christian holiday, Thanksgiving. We're thankful, Lord, for all that you have done. So bless each one we praise. We commit this service now to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Is God bless you. It's good to see each and every one of you. And thank you for joining with us tonight. I wonder if Brother uh, Nathan would lead us in that song, Daystar. Uh, lead me, Lord, I'll follow everywhere you open the door. And if you would just lead us and close the service with that, God bless you. God bless you, each one. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name. Lead me, Lord, I'll follow.